Well, good morning, fellow Christian coffee timers. There we are again to have a look at the book of Revelation. Hope you're doing well. My name, of course, is uh, Paul, Pastor Paul, Brother Paul, and assisting Brother Matthew here in these videos, uh, this series on Revelation. I hope you're getting something out of it. Um, make sure you have some writing material to copy down some of the things as much as you can, and especially references to other portions as we look back and forth and that sort of thing. All right, we'll get going here. Uh, this is video number 29. It's hard to believe we've had uh, almost 30 videos and we're not out of chapter 14 yet. We're going to begin it here this morning and have a look at some things. There's a lot of stuff here. It'll be two parts, maybe a long one here, but we'll see. So let's have a, have a word of prayer, then we'll get going. Father in heaven, we just thank you now for the privilege of studying the word of God. We pray, Lord, that you'll take these things and bring honor and glory to yourself, to Jesus Christ, your Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, Lord, we need you. We ask that you just would help us and fill us with your Holy Spirit to, well, to bring these things forth, Lord, and to be able to hear and to receive the blessings that are written in here, Lord, that you've said. And so, Lord, we thank you for your grace and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's get going. A bit of background here. We back up. Uh, uh, the seventh trumpet has sounded. And back in chapter 12, we saw that there would be, and this is all future, of course, remember, that um, there would be war in heaven, and uh, Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the great dragon was cast out, and his angels, his messengers, were cast out with him. You'll have to excuse me. I have... Uh, um, hay fever, I guess that's what you call it, actually it's ragweed out there, or no, goldenrod, sorry, we have quite a crop of it, but anyways, let's carry on, and uh, the devil is cast out of heaven, or will be, and he's going to be very, very angry because he knows that he has a short time, now remember this seven year period of time, you go back to Daniel chapter 9, verses 24 to 27, explains that that these are weeks of years. Each week is mentioned there. Seventy weeks is a group of seven years. So the 69 of them were used up, basically, you can say it that way, up to the cross. Around that time afterwards and such, and um, then it mentions the destruction of uh, uh, Jerusalem in 70 AD. So there's one section of seven years left. This is that future event divided into two parts, three and a half years and three and a half years. The devil is cast down around the three and a half year point when the seventh trumpet is um, uh, sounded. Now we know the Bible teaches us here that the trumpets and the vials or bowls, which they are, are the wrath of God judgments. That the seals are not the wrath of God. Those are the beginnings of sorrows, the settings, setting up of these things. You'll find that in Matthew 24 kind of parallels, not kind of, it parallels with Revelation chapter 6 and the uh, beginnings of sorrows and such. Not the wrath of God yet. People get mixed up and think that's the wrath of God. It's not the wrath of God. It doesn't happen until the first trumpet. The end of chapter 6, we see the wrath of God is introduced and Jesus Christ is seen in the clouds. There's a great gathering of his people, chapter 7, verse 14, as Jesus removes them before the trumpet can sound to begin the wrath of God. Okay, it all fits together perfectly. The uh, trumpets are the, uh, uh, the wrath of God. So now we're here in chapter 14, verses thir or chapter 13 and 14 are still under the uh, events and the effect of the, the trumpet. 
In verses 1 to 5, he, we see here about the 144,000. Now remember, back in chapter 7, before the wrath of God hits, before the first trumpet is uh, uh, sounded, the Lord uh, has everything stop and has 144,000 of uh, his people, of uh, these Jewish men, young men, are sealed. Now these are 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes. Some of people think that they're of the 44,000. I'm sorry, but they don't know how to uh, read the Bible. Uh, you can't understand it without the Holy Spirit. You've got to be saved. You've got to trust in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God the Son. Okay? It's got to happen that way. That's the way God has set things out. That's the way things are. The 144,000, there are 12,000 Jewish men from each of the 12 tribes. And this is future, of course. Remember, this is all future stuff. Now, here they're seen with Jesus. Why? Because they were uh, set upon the earth, remember. He marked them. And they were upon the earth to do his ministry and the Lord's business and such. We think that they're witnesses for God during the wrath of God time. They're Jewish. Now, he, the Lord's going to, a lot of the attention is upon the Jewish people in Israel, okay? And it'll overflow to the Gentiles, be worldwide. Now, when the trumpets are done, these guys' job is done. It was just during that time because when you get to the end part, the last bit of the wrath of God, not the bit, but the last section, if we could call it that, under the bowls and vials, that it's, uh, these guys are not needed. You've got the two witnesses that are set up, and they perhaps will be in that, through that time. And we're going to see the angel going through the midst of heaven here and such. So we see they're with Jesus now. So what's happened is he's removed them off the scene and removed them and take them to heaven with him. Um, verse 1, it says they're seen with Jesus. In verse 3, it says they're before the throne of God. So their ministry is done. Okay? Uh, they're, they're done. They were to minister during those seven trumpets. And their, their ministry is finished. And it says in verse 5 that they're without fault before the throne of God. Now what you need to do, and what I'd like you to do, is make sure you read through these portions. You read through them, and you read through them, and you read through them. And you dwell on every word. You look at how is it all connected, and what's he saying. Familiarize yourself with the scripture. There's no sense just taking the things that we're saying here and saying, well, this is what's happening and such. If you don't know what the scripture says, read the Bible and uh, then this will make sense to you. They're without fault before the throne of God, as is every believer in Jesus Christ. And they would be believers in Jesus Christ, wouldn't they? Of course they would. So the Bible says there's no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Um, Some of the background, well, I just mentioned some of the background on the 144,000. You go back and you look at chapter 6, and chapter 7 explains uh, uh, what's taking place before the trumpets start to sound. Uh, this is the church age that we're in here. Um, at that time, chapter 7, all the believers have taken off the earth, and the 144,000 go through that time of the trumpet wrath, we'll see that believers will be upon the earth at that time too from their uh, witness and their time of uh, um, ministry. Um, that'll take place there. Um, verse 6 we see, I just went through that very quickly, so you can read through there. And they sing a new song before the throne, but they are before God in heaven, so they've been removed off the earth. That's the point we want to make here. 
the trumpets are, the seventh trumpet has sounded and the effects of it are being seen, but it's wrapping up and it's going to be something else coming down very shortly. And in this, it's not fair to call it a, the time of wrapping it up or whatever, the end of the, the effects of the seventh trumpet. But in verse 6, we see another um, individual mentioned here. We take the 144,000, they're with the Lord Jesus, they're off the earth. But it also says that he's with them in the midst of them. You know, God, he's always in the midst of us and always with us. So they're taken off the earth, and he says in verse 6, And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven. Okay? One of God's messengers is the holy angel sent from God. Note what God is doing. Earlier on, he removes the, in chapter 7, verse 14, we see the believers taken from up off the earth from the, from the seal uh, time. If the believers are gone, nobody's here to uh, promote the gospel. But he has 144,000 from the 12 tribes of Israel to go forth and do that work. Now they're removed, they're with the Lord, they're in heaven. He's got an angel that's going to go through the midst of heaven declaring the everlasting gospel. What do you see there? What does that make you think of? The mercy of God, the love of God to mankind, to people that are wicked in their hearts, as every one of us at some time, even those that are saved, before you were saved, your heart was wicked and rebellious against God and away from God. But in His mercy, He saved you. He's still pouring out His mercy in the midst of that seven-year time, that time of tribulation, that time of wrath and judgment. God is still pouring out His love and mercy, giving people a chance, holding out His hand. Isn't that amazing? That's our God. That's the, uh, the Lord God of heaven. That's Jesus Christ, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But we see this... Um, angel flying in the midst of heaven in the expanse of the sky. So people say, well, he's just in the heaven, in the throne room of God. No, if you go to Genesis chapter 1, verses 7 and 8, um, God called that expanse, the firmament there, heaven. Okay? And in Genesis 1.20, about the birds that fly through the open expanse of the firmament of heaven, where the birds fly. It's still called the heaven, or the heavens. Okay, just to get, make that straight, that this is not, the angel is not just up in the throne room of God. He's above the earth, flying where the birds fly. Okay, all right. And uh, uh, the half, last half of verse 6 says to preach, which simply means to proclaim. So he's the preacher now, that 12, uh, 144,000 have been removed. And he's going to preach to the earth dwellers, so there's still a uh, witness. There's still this going forth. And he says to every nation, every people, every tongue, every kindred, all kindred, to all the people there. Isn't that an amazing thing? Um, believers, we've, from this age right here, we won't be there. We'll be removed earlier on because we're not going to go through the wrath. But those people that are in it are going to see and hear. Can you imagine that? There's an angel flying through heaven and it's a loud voice and he's proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing, eh? It's absolutely amazing. Verse 7, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to Him, for the hour of His judgment has come. And she's saying, look, at it's coming. The end of it's coming here. The next phase, so to speak, is coming. It's going to be all wrapped up. The hour of His judgment has come. 
Worship him who made heaven, who made earth, sea, and the fountains of waters. Today, people, they think everything came to be by nothing. Nothing brought forth nothing. And time will bring forth everything. They worship the, the god Kronos um, of time. It's ridiculous. God made everything. God made us and made everything. Okay? And that's what it is. And by faith, we believe that and understand that. And it's not just that, but you can look around in, in, uh, uh, in nature and see the complexities of things, the complexities of the human eye. You just look at, uh, we have some apple trees on our property here. It's amazing in the spring, around May, the end of May, they have the apple blossoms. Those blossoms turn into apples. <laughs> Who could do that? Oh, evolution did. No, no, no. God did. That's design. Everything is by design. Okay? By design. Look at our DNA. By design. God in his infinite wisdom. It's amazing, folks. Anyways, this one going through the heavens um, with a loud voice saying, Fear God, because that's the thing that the people don't have today, and they certainly don't have in those days. They're fearing, fearing the Antichrist and such like that. Fearing the 666 stuff and all that sort of thing. Need to fear God and give glory to Him. For the hour of His judgment has come. And worship Him. The one who made all things. And made you. Made me. Made everything. We go back up to verse 6. So the beginning part of verse 6. The angel is preaching the everlasting gospel. Now some say, and I've heard people say, that, well that's the Ten Commandments. That you get saved in that time by Believing in Jesus and keeping the Ten Commandments. Well, I'll tell you something, that's a bunch of heresy. That's what that is. Yeah. I'm sorry, but that's what it is. Um, you cannot mix the Ten Commandments with the Gospel. They're two different things. One's a ministry of, of darkness and death. Mount Sinai. The other one is mercy and grace. At this point, you should know that the good news, the gospel, is salvation through Jesus Christ. And God is not going to return to the old covenant or the old way of doing things or whatever. And it's not the Ten Commandments. In fact, in chapter uh, 10 of Hebrews, uh, verse 9, it says that he takes away the first, that he may establish the second. I'm talking about... Uh, covenants and things. He made a covenant with Israel and such and through the commandments and do this and do this and do this. He said, I've taken all that away that I may establish the second. The second is the covenant in the blood of Christ. Luke chapter 22, read it in there where the Lord Jesus said, a new covenant I make with you in my blood. And he took away the first old one that he may establish the second one. That's salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ. And he's not going to take that away, and he's not ever going to add anything to it. I mean, come on. That's what it is. The first are the offerings and such by the law. The second is the offering of Jesus Christ once for all, for all people. I want you to turn in your Bible to Galatians chapter 1. You don't have to do that right now, but it might be a help if you did. And we're just going to look at this thing about um, the um, everlasting gospel. So we go to Galatians chapter, um, did I say chapter 1? Yes, it is Galatians chapter 1. Okay, Galatians chapter 1. 
Now, we see an interesting thing here about this. You know, the Bible just fits together like that, eh? Just hand in glove, just everything fits together perfectly. I want you to, to uh, go to chapter 1 of Galatians and drop down to verse 6. The problem with the Galatians was that they had heard the gospel and they responded to it positively, but then the, along came some other characters along and they're teaching them, well, you've got to keep the Ten Commandments of Moses and such, something like, kind of what, some people say that, you know, in the end times you've got, to, you've got to trust in Jesus and you've got to keep the Ten Commandments. They're called Judaizers in the Bible, trying to add the uh, works of the law to grace. You can't do that. But look what the, look what the Lord says here in Galatians um, chapter 1. So the Apostle Paul's writing by way of the Spirit of God to these people. He says, I marvel that you're so soon removed from him. Removed. Get that. These Galatians had, were looking at the gospel and they, they, they accept it. Somebody comes along and says, well, you've got to add the Ten Commandments. You've got to do this. You've got to do this. You've got to be circumcised. All this stuff. I marvel that you're so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ, which is another gospel. Now I want you to note that word another, because you'll see that word in verse 7 again, which is not another. Well, that sounds like a contradiction. Well, that's because in the language that the Spirit of God gave us this, and gave it to the Apostle Paul to write down, is Greek, Koine Greek, and it's two different words. One means another being the same, the other, the second one means it's a different one. There's two different words here in the Greek language. The English only have the one. Uh, let's just back up. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ into a another gospel, a different gospel, which is not the same. Verse 7, which is not another, which is not the same but there would be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ, turn it around to something it's not meant to be. But look at verse 8. But though we, the apostles, or the servants of Christ, though we, or an angel from heaven, now remember over in Revelations 14, 6, we're seeing an angel flying through the midst of heaven. But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you other than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. There's a warning there for those that monkey with the gospel of Jesus Christ, all the cults and isms that add their works to it, they're damned. They're cursed, let me put it that way. They could be saved if they'll turn to Jesus Christ, yes. Repent of their sins and turn to Jesus Christ and accept Him and Him alone. You'll be saved with all your heart except Christ. Right there it says, you go preach something else. So some people come along and say, well, that angel, he's preaching the, the Ten Commandments. No, he's not. If he is, he's cursed. That's what it says, doesn't it? Now, if God says something once, that's pretty important. What if he says it twice? Oh, you better take, take note. That's really important. You go down verse 9 of Galatians chapter 1. And as we said before, so say I now again. If any man preach any other gospel unto you, other than that you have received, let him be accursed. The gospel of Jesus Christ is that the Son of God God the Son, basically God took on a human form, a body, without sin, to go to the cross, to be nailed up to a cross for your sins, my sins, the sins of the whole world. God, the Son of God, there He is. Because He loves us, and it would take God in a man's body to pay for the horribleness of sin and the enormity of it. 
And he did that on the cross, gave his life, they buried him, he rose from the dead on the third day to show who he is and what he has done, defeated sin and death. So if anybody comes along and says that this is some other kind of gospel, they don't have, they don't have an understanding of what's going on here. It's not some other gospel. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ, the everlasting gospel that will last forever. And God's not replacing it with anything else. He's not adding anything else to it. He's already removed the, the, the old and established the new, the uh, uh, covenant in Jesus Christ's blood. So it's a warning to all. It's a warning to anyone that preaches the gospel uh, other than Jesus Christ. He says, let him be accursed. Verse 9 repeats it. We must see that. This is very important to see that. Anyone, anything coming along and bringing forth some other gospel or adding to the gospel of Christ, it's a terrible thing. It's, it's That individual is accursed. All the false gospels and false teachers and preachers that teach in cults and isms and such are cursed by God for doing so. I'm just a messenger. I'm telling you what it says. Take heed. Spread that around. There's one gospel. There's one way to heaven. That's through Jesus Christ. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man or no one comes unto the Father but by me. Through Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? That's our Savior. Yep. So you see... The angel flying through the midst of heaven proclaiming the everlasting gospel is of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and him alone. To say otherwise is to bring a curse or be accursed. That's what the Bible says. That's what the Word of God says. So we see that. That's an important fact. We must see that the everlasting gospel is the everlasting gospel. It's very important for us round about us. People come knocking on your door and they're bringing something else. Bible says in, read it in 2 John, you don't even let them into your house. You'll be partaker of their evil deeds. This is important stuff. It's serious stuff. The gospel is nothing to fiddle with. The Bible says that God commands all men everywhere to repent and believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. People don't like to hear that today. They don't like to be commanded or told what to do. People love to live in their sins. God says, look, I came uh, I came, I'm here to deliver you from your sins. Christ came to this earth to deliver us from our sins, to provide the way. We want to note the two parts to the angel's message. The first part, which isn't mentioned here, it's mentioned by way of the everlasting gospel. If you're a student of scripture, you will understand that everlasting gospel is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So it doesn't have to be said, doesn't have to bring all the points out, but that's the first part of his message. The second part is that people should fear God. That they should give glory to God, which they weren't doing. They aren't doing today, people by and large. They're trying to move everything away from God. They're trying to get rid of God. In communism, one of the tenets or one of the things of it says that socialism, communism, the same thing. Somebody said that uh, socialism is just communism with training wheels. Uh, but anyways, uh, one of the things about it is that there is no God. You read the things that Karl Marx has said. Don't read it. You don't need to read that junk. He said that there is no God. We, the government, will be God unto you. That's what it is. That's what they're trying to bring in in our, our countries here right now. That's what's taking place. But let's get back to this. Well, that is part of what's going on. Okay. 
of the two parts. The gospel of Christ goes forth, and secondly, that people should fear God, should give glory to God. And you take this for believers, too, for you and I, in our lives every day. We should think about, does this bring glory to God, what I'm going to do, what I'm going to say, where I'm going to go? And it says here that the hour of his judgment has come. Do you see the mercy of God here? And this is the mercy of God going forth, having this angel go forth and proclaiming. Could you imagine being there through those horrible, terrible times? The Antichrist and the false prophet and the 666 people are commanded to take and all this and they're fooled. And there's an angel flying through and he's warning people, don't do this, don't do this. But what you need to do is trust in Christ. We know that God is not willing that any should perish, that all should come to repentance. God loves every person. Those people that you and I maybe don't get along with, or that neighbor that's difficult, God loves them, and Jesus Christ died for them too. Okay? But people harden their hearts, and they refuse. But note this. Note this. From the words in the ministry of the 144,000, the angel proclaiming, and the angel proclaiming this gospel, there are multitudes saved, or many people saved. Because later on in this chapter, in verse 16, there's a harvest of the earth. And uh, the ones that are believers from that time are going to be taken off the earth. That's what it says. That's what it says. We'll get to that when we get to the second part there in uh, um, in a while, the harvest, the reaping of the earth, believers are first removed from the earth again. Jewish believers and any Gentiles that believe at that time from the ministry of the 144,000 and of the angel preaching. We're down to verse 8. By the way, chapter 14 is in two parts. We're only going to do the one part today. It ends at verse 12. Uh, verse 8, another angel. It's another of the same kind of angel going forth saying Babylon is fallen. See that in verse 8? Another angel saying, Babylon is fallen. you got one preaching the gospel, another one coming along saying, Babylon is fallen. Now, it's not Babylon over in uh, um, um, the Chaldean Babylon. This is a code word for a religious system that's been set up and a religious system that has its origins in uh, the Babylonian mother and child worship and such. Could be a code word for Rome. I believe it is. But because of the influence of this one on all nations with the wrong gospel. And remember back in Galatians, that's a cursed gospel. And by the way, in chapter 17, when we get up to there, it talks about the city that sits on seven hills. And one that persecutes the saints. One that's drunk with the blood of the martyrs and of the saints. Who's persecuted the saints through all time? Well, there it is. It's a different gospel other than the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the Redeemer. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Jesus Christ is the Savior. Jesus Christ is God Almighty manifest in the flesh. There's no one else. God sent Christ to pay for your sins. God sent Christ to be the payment for sins and the sacrifice for you as the sacrificial lamb of God. There's no works. There's no co-redemptress. There's no idols. Jesus says, I am the way, the way, one, the way, the life, the truth, 
No man, no one comes unto the Father but by me. And if you want to add anything else to it, there's no salvation in that. That's a different Jesus. Jesus Christ and Christ alone in his blood shed for us, right? John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. life. Whosoever believes in Christ, it's Christ. See, why do you keep going on about it? Because it's the most important thing in the universe. Nothing else matters. There's a Bible, a, a Bible verse that talks about uh, what would it profit a man if he gained the whole world and loses his own soul? You could have all the wealth of the world. You could be the ruler of the world. You could have everything. But if you've not been saved, if you've not trusted in Christ, it doesn't mean anything because your lifespan is about 70 years and then you've got eternity, eternity before you either in heaven or hell. Heaven is gained through belief in Christ. If you don't believe in Christ, you'll die in your sins. You'll go to hell. You'll await the judgment. Revelation chapter 20. Read it. So in verse 8, we see the, uh, it talks about the, uh, the wrath of her fornication. It's a spiritual thing causing people to do things that they ought not to, being unfaithful to, the, to what they've been told to do and such. It's a spiritual wickedness with idols and other gospels being promoted and such. That's the fornication of Babylon. Verse 9, another angel, a third angel goes through, through the midst of heaven saying with a loud voice, here we have another warning. Okay, you have three angels. First one preaching the gospel, telling people you better worship God. And this, the second one, Babylon's fallen, it's destroyed, it's done for. And the third one saying, look at people. And verse 9, the third angel followed them saying with a loud voice. How loud do you think that would be? Loud, you know how loud thunder is? I imagine it would be louder than that. Just get everybody's attention. And drive the old devil crazy. Drive that Antichrist guy crazy. And all those that hate God be crazy mad with, with uh, uh, what's taking place. Voices thundering through the heavens. Because this is God's earth. This is God's heaven. And God can do whatever he likes. Whenever he likes. With whatever and whoever he likes. Right? Amen. And the third angel followed him, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast in his image and receive the, his mark in his forehead or in his hand, remember earlier on, the devil's deceiving everybody through the false prophet and the Antichrist for people to take this mark in their hand or their forehead, the mark or the number or the name of this Antichrist dude. If anyone worships the beast and receives this mark, verse 10, they will drink of the wine of the wrath of God. This is referring to the next section that's coming, the vials, the bowls, judgments, which is poured out without mixture. You see that in verse 10? Without mixture. That's an important little uh, two-word phrase there because this next series of judgments through the bowls, the vials, is without mixture. It's the wrath of God undiluted. Through the trumpets, the wrath of God was diluted with, and we've pointed it out and mentioned it often, and it's mingled with, if they could put it this way, with his grace and his mercy. Only a third of this is destroyed, a third of this is destroyed, a third of this happens. And here he is presenting the gospel by all kinds of means here. 
So that wrath is mixed with his mercy. But he says, this next section is without. Without mixture. Into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and the presence of the Lamb. Serious stuff. That should make people's knees knock together and shake them in their boots. But it doesn't. It just runs off off of them like water off a duck's back. The Spirit of God will be knocking on their heart and knocking on their heart. They know, they know this. People know the Bible is something special. They know it's God's words, but they push it away. They don't want it. To their own detriment. They will drink of the wrath of God. They will damn themselves. They will be told clearly over and over again. I pray to the Lord that he would let these videos get out all across the world that many people see them and hear the message of the gospel and heed the warnings here. The people will be told over and over again by, the, uh, by God's witness, even an angel proclaiming the gospel in the heavens. No excuse. No excuse today. The excuse today is that you and I perhaps are not doing enough and not doing what we're supposed to be doing. Is getting the gospel out to people, getting tracks out to people, and hand and talking to people, getting the gospel out there. That's our job. That's our job right now in this day and age. Right now, that's what we are here for. And these people are warned: Don't take that mark. Don't take that six 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 mark. If you take that, you're damned. That's what it says. This is God's word. It's what it says. You'll be in the presence. You'll be tormented with fire and brimstone. People laugh at that. That's a lake of fire. There's a, there's a place, there's a thing that's worse than hell. Because hell is just a holding cell until the, the, till the day of judgment. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 comes to my mind. You check it out. That hell is just, they're going to be brought up. Revelation chapter 20, when we get up to that, we'll see the judgment where Jesus Christ is judging them and looking for the names written down in his book, and not found written in the castle in the lake of fire. Hell is real. The lake of fire is, is real. And every one of us will live somewhere forever because we've been made in the image of God. One of the things that that implies is that our spirit within us is eternal. This body will die and go into the ground because of the curse placed upon way back. But the spirit lives forever. Your spirit is your... You looking out through those eyeballs today, that's just your spirit. That your life gives life to this old body. That's the you. Read Luke 16, you read about uh, uh, the rich man and Lazarus. This is what God's word tells us. We can know today that people don't believe. They don't believe the Bible because they don't want to. People love their sins. They're afraid to turn away from their sins. They're afraid of what they would have to do and, and all the things they could leave behind. John chapter 3 verse 19 says this, and this is the condemnation that light has come into the world. But men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Verse 11, it says, the smoke of their torment go up forever. It's an everlasting thing. Somebody said uh, one time that you never preach on hell without a tear in your eye. Because it's a horrible thing. And you know something today? People tell other people to go there all the time. Tell them to go to hell. 
as like a, a curse upon them. It's just a thing that people say. They don't realize it's scripture. The devil's using them to mock it. They use Jesus Christ's name, the God of heaven, Jess Christ's name, the Savior's name as a cuss word. The devil's making people do that. You look around today, how many people use Jesus Christ as an expletive, as a cuss word? This is a spiritual thing, folks. The devil's mocking that. You don't hear people cussing Buddha or Muhammad or something, but they cuss Jesus Christ. That's the devil's work. The smoke of the torment forever, and the devil, his angels will be in that place too, in uh, chapter 20. It's not a time of annihilation, but it's a conscious existence. We are body, soul, and spirit. Your soul, your personality, and your spirit will live forever. God wants you to be saved, wants you to be born again. Will you trust in Christ? Do you trust in Christ? Do you have your faith in Jesus Christ? <clears throat> Verse 11. Uh, and they have no rest day or night who worship the beast in his image, and whosoever receives the mark of his name. Those that take that mark in the future won't have a chance after that. They've shown where their allegiance is. They're done for. Verse 12 talks of the patience of the saints. It may seem that things are going on for a long time. It may seem that things are being uh, 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 prolonged. It may seem that it's just so difficult. Yes, because life is difficult. <clears throat> But there will come a time when Jesus Christ will return. He'll gather us up and he will come back shortly after that to this earth to set everything straight. He's going to come down, to, they're going to fight the battle of Armageddon, he's going to destroy the armies of the world, and then God's going to change everything. He's going to turn it back into like the Garden of Eden. That's what it says in the Bible. But that day will come. Hang on to the Word of God. Our patience is found in the Word of God. The saints, those who believe in Jesus Christ, it says here, Uh, here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Remember earlier talking about the everlasting gospel. We've got a couple minutes here. The everlasting gospel. And some say, well, you mix it with, it's, you know, it's believing in Jesus and keeping the Ten Commandments. And here's where they get it from, verse 12. But people don't understand that he's, he's set all that aside. Are there other commandments than what Jesus, uh, what, the, what the, the Lord gave to the Israelites and such? If you turn in your Bible, make sure you write this down, um, or you can turn right now, or both, you should do that. Um, in 1 John chapter 3, we're going to read some interesting verses here in regards to the commandments, and it, it applies for us, uh, the application for us, directly to that verse 12 in chapter 14 in Revelation. In 1 John chapter 3, um, verse, uh, we'll go to verse... 22, and whatever we ask, we receive of him because, that's 1 John 3:22. Whatever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And verse 20, look at this. And this is his commandment, okay? Forget all the others. Look at this. This is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. Didn't somebody ask Jesus, Lord, what, which is the greatest of the commandments? And he says, to love God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love thy neighbor as thyself. There it is. That supersedes all of it. Don't give me this business about that which God has set aside. He's going to bring it back. He didn't. Right there in Revelation 
chapter 14, verse 12, he's not talking about keeping the Ten Commandments. He's talking about that commandment. First, John 3, 23. If everybody today had have that upon their hearts, it would be a different world. To love God and to love your neighbor round about. Think about it. Just think about it. That's all. It's not a reference to Ten Commandments. To love God, love your neighbor. The faith of Christ Jesus, the faith in Him. Anyway, that's the first half, the first section. Um, next week I'll be away for a while, so we may not have a video next week. and Maybe the end of next week or beginning of the week after we'll get into um, video number 30 and do the second half of, of uh, chapter 14. But anyways, lots of stuff there for you to study, to look at, and consider. Um, please uh, do so. Make sure you be writing down all the references and such. And we'll have a look uh, at the other half, as I said, in a couple weeks' time, a week and a half, or whatever. Lord bless you in the meanwhile. Take these things and go over them. Uh, compare Scripture with Scripture. And look at these things. Uh, don't take my word for it. See what the Bible says. Okay. For instance, when we talk about adding something to the Gospel, or if it's that the angel is going to bring something else, what does the Word of God say? Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to be preaching anything other than Jesus. And the commandments there, 1 John 3, 23. Anyway, we have to stop. Thank you very much for letting me uh, take your time. But uh, it's a good thing for us to use our time up on things that are worthy to um, study the Word of God, to study the Bible. Revelation is not a difficult book at all. If you can just get the uh, basics down, how it flows, and it does flow. And it's a wonderful, wonderful uh, encouragement. But Overall, they may see these terrible, terrible bad things that are going to happen upon the earth, upon the dwellers of the earth, and yet we see so many times the mercy of God, the love of God. You think about that. You think about John 3.16. God so loved the world, and he just keeps on pouring out his love. People close their eyes, they close their ears, and they close their heart to the things of God. They have a terrible future. If you're saved, if you're born again, you give thanks to the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for saving my sin-sick soul. And if you're not, trust in Jesus. You need to look to Him. Anyway, thank you very much. See you next time. Bye now.